Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 160, and I have a question for you. Have you ever aspired to be a leader in your building? That's a question that comes up an awful lot. Should an instructional coach be a leader in their building? Are they natural leaders? And if you're new in your building, how do you put yourself in a leadership position? My guest today has all of the answers, a new podcast and a great book all about this topic, but more on that in a little bit. I hope you guys are having a great time out there. Sue and I have been having a good time here every single Monday, bringing you weekly episodes of Ask the Tech Coach. And of course, if you head on over to askthetechcoach.com, we have our free membership site, our teacher cast, Tech Coaches Network. And this month, we are going to be putting out two great workshops. We're going to be talking all about how to build needs assessments, something that we talk about a lot here on the show. How do you assess where your teachers are? What does that look like? What's the vehicle? What questions are going to be on there? You got to head on over to askthetechcoach.com for more information. Of course, you can check that out. And of course, if you're on Twitter, you can hit us up at askthetechcoach. We'd love to have you guys be a part of the TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network today. It is free. We have over 300 teachers working together each and every week. And I want to say thank you guys for taking the time for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. I am so excited about this show today. I have a fantastic guest. He is not only a very good friend of mine, he is not only the guy that does the graphic work for all of our TeacherCast podcast squares. He helped me redesign our logo. He's put together most of the look of what you see on TeacherCast. He's also an assistant principal. He is a conference goer. He is a clinician. He's also in charge of the Teach Better Podcasting Network. And I am so proud of this guy because he is a new author of a fantastic book with EduMatch Publishers called Aspire to Lead. I want to bring on to the show today my good friend, Mr. Josh Stamper. Josh, welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. How are you today? Well, anytime I get to talk with you, Jeff, it's a good day. I am so excited to have you on. First and foremost, congratulations on the launch of an amazing book. Um, Talk to us a little bit about it. Tell us a little bit about what's going on these days. And uh, I guess we should just start with who is Josh Stamper? (laughs) That's that's a big question. All right. So I'm an administrator at a middle school in the North Texas area. I'll start with that because that is my day job and what takes most of my time. Uh, In addition, I'm, like you said, a podcaster. So I've been doing that for three plus years. So I have aspired the Leadership Development Podcast and interviewing all types of leaders throughout the educational space. And then, like you said, I've just published a book, or at least it's coming out. It's launching on Tuesday, September 21st, and it's up for pre-order right now. But Aspire to Lead is the book. And that kind of, of course, has come from the podcast. So um, in my days as a art teacher and coach. I was trying to get to that next level. And it's really about my journey. And then I'm using Aspire as an acronym to kind of help build an Aspire model to help those who want to get into leadership to kind of help them navigate through the 
pitfalls, if you will, of that journey. And hopefully my stories of failure and <laughs> falling on my face is going to help them um, to kind of navigate a little bit better um, in their leadership journey. Well, as you said, the book is available. We're going to make sure we have links all over the place. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode 160. And we're going to make sure that you guys have access to all this stuff. Josh, it is a great book, easy to do. Um, What's it like working with Edumatch? They were your publisher. Yeah, Sarah Thomas is amazing. She's fantastic, as you know. And yeah, they gave me a lot of creative space. I mean, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of um, pushback. I had a vision. And from day one, they supported that vision all the way through to the very end. Um, so much so that I even got to create the cover. So, you know, that I got to design. And um, like I said, throughout the entire process, they have embraced the Aspire model and, and everything um, from it being absolutely bare bones to the very end, um, the editorial process, the um, the focus group that was built. I mean, the whole process was was pretty seamless. So I loved working with Edgemash. Today, we're going to talk all about leadership. And, you know, we've got tech coaches, instructional coaches listening to this show, and many of them have brought up this subject in our tech coaches network. Am I, as an instructional coach, a leader? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the answer is absolutely yes, but you're, uh, you're, you're an administrator. What do you think? How do you see, as an administrator, the instructional coaching role? Are they building leaders? Are they classroom leaders? Where would you see instructional coaches in your realm? Uh, absolutely, Jeff. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think they are for sure leaders and a vital piece to campus, especially if the model is created correctly. So for instance, like on my campus in our district, we've changed our model of instructional coaches where they're no longer teaching in the classroom with students. They are there to support the teachers. And as an administrator, I would love to say that I have immense time <laughs> to get into classrooms and to help teachers every single day with their instructional pra- practices, but that, that really is not the reality. And so as a assistant principal, a lot of times I'm, I'm working with other facets of the job and things that don't involve the classroom at all, right? So having an instructional coach is wonderful as far as my piece because it, I feel like it's, it's someone that the teachers know that it's not about an evaluation. It's there to really help them in their skills. And that's what it's really about. And so for me personally, I think, yes, any, any educator is a leader for one. I want to let the audience know that. But an instructional coach is... And if it's done right, is a vital piece to the success of student learning. You know, we get the question a lot of what should be on a tech coach's resume. And of course, you know, we say tech coach, instructional coach, kind of mm-hmm. the same thing. But more and more yeah. as, I, as I work with coaches, I'm encouraging them to not just put their Google level one badges, but show me that you're a leader. Show me your leadership things. What are the projects that you've worked on? I know that's hard sometimes for coaches who might be looking for their co- first coaching job, but even as a teacher, you're doing leadership type things. Yep. Why is it important for a coach to be focusing on leadership, not just those ed tech badges? Yeah, I think you make a great point. I think you know everyone needs to have evidence because you never know where your educational journey is going to go, right? Mm-hmm. When I first started, I thought maybe I'll coach someday. I never thought in a million years I'd be an assistant principal. So for me, you know, as I was going, I still wanted to have evidence of the skills that I was building upon. And I think you make a great point there with the tech coaches, our instructional coaches. In fact, our tech coach is housed in the exact same space as our instructional coach because we feel that so strongly, just like you, that they are a vital piece of the instruction also. So, you know, that is one family there 
that needs to have those conversations. They, they can provide maybe a little bit different aspect of things where they're bringing in some of the technology tools to enhance the instruction, but he's providing just as many instructional skills as our ICs. So although on our district and our building, those, those are a little bit different in their roles, we see it as one. So I think just for everybody, they need to understand that they need to have evidence of all of the things that they're doing, regardless of their title. I'm curious that I want to pick up on something that you said there you have in your building. And, and, you know, if I've said it one time here, I've said it a thousand times, you get 10 tech coaches in a room, you have 25 job descriptions, but you just said you have instructional coaches with tech coaches. Mm -hmm. How does your building, how does your district define both of those terms? I, I know in my district, we've killed the term tech coach and now we are officially instructional coaches for digital learning as opposed to being, tech yeah coaches so i wrestled that with that even with this brand that i've built here but how do you guys define the two uh positions especially in the same building for sure and i think it, it gets muddied like you said i mean we we try and delineate those responsibilities and shift that mindset with our our teachers because originally that position was working with the technology as hardware right so if i had an issue with my computer i would call the tech coach to come and fix it and so now it's no longer that piece. We have a, that as a, an additional position now. And now this okay. person is for the instruction. That, that, <laughs> that, that, so, okay, so that opens up another question, but I'll, yeah. I'll but, but continue down that one. Um, so, so it's about the mindset, right, of changing, okay, if you have, let's say, a student, because we're now one-to-one with Chromebooks in our, in our campus. So if a student has an issue with the Chromebook, who are you calling? You're not calling the tech coach because they're there to help you with the instructional piece. You know, we have a different person you can call for something like that. So in your building, um, tech coach is more of an IT position or is tech coach a member of the building that reports to the principal or is the tech coach an IT person who reports the district? Give us that over, give us that circle there. So the instructor, so the tech coach that I'm referring to does report to a person to the district. Okay. And then is in collaboration with the principal. So although they're housed for one campus, they are still, if you will say the boss, right? For right. this person is still a district person. Yes. And so, but the, and this is interesting, right? Cause we, we have these questions a lot of, okay, who are you and what do you do? But <laughs> yeah. tech coach, instructional coach still has the same word, coach in it Mm -hmm. so one would assume that the person who's in charge of hardware is coaching teachers on how to use a printer or fixing a printer what's the what's the what's the action there for what you're calling a tech coach just curious so the tech coach is not working with the hardware that's that's another position and and forgive me for not knowing the the new position that this is now called in the district um but that person is working with all of the printers, all of the computers, the hardware piece, um, the networks, you know, all that logistical piece there where the, the tech coach is working with teachers with training on software. Um, and then also with instructional practices that are in congruent, you know, like they're, they're together so that they're providing the instruction the best they can as the tech is a support, um, and then also working with the instructional coach because sometimes the instructional coach doesn't have that same knowledge piece. So they're more of supporting the IC and the teacher with technology. 
I, I hope everybody out there listening to this is taking notes because <laughs> you're going to meet people, especially in our tech coaches network yeah. there. Everybody has their own version of what this is. Yeah, for sure. But we all can agree. It is a leadership position. Josh, I'm in my yes. third year in my district. My current position is still as it was last year, lead instructional coach for digital learning. The district kind of looks at me as the instructional coaches department chair, even though I don't have an admin credential on me. Sure. I'm in a new building and my principal in the first week said, I want to put you on our new leadership council. Mm -hmm. um, is that the right move? Should an instructional coach, tech coach, whatever, should those people be serving on leadership councils? And if so, what should their role be? Yeah, I say yes, just because I, I do, I mean, that kind of coincides with what we were talking about as far as them being a leadership piece, but then also I think they just have a different perspective. You know, I think as many different perspectives that we can bring to the table, the better it's going to be for the campus, for the teachers, for the students. So I never shy away from different perspectives and point of, point of view, because I think that's only going to enhance the plans for the campus. So um, I would say at 100%, I think that that should be for, for any campus. I, I find that the role that I'm trying to put into myself is, is, is chief listener. Um, <laughs> it's easy for me. And as other coaches, you know, the, the principal says, what do you want to do? And, you know, it's easy for the hand to go up and say, we need to move in this direction. Mm -hmm. It's harder to sit back and see the teacher's answer or the teacher's squirm or the teachers have those discussions I'm finding it interesting, and we've only had one one or two meetings at this point, but I'm using this as an example or an opportunity to figure out what my teachers do, what my teachers know, what their relationships are within themselves, within their, you know, with each other, with a new principal. Right. I'm actually getting more traction in the classrooms because now I can see, oh, Josh is on the leadership council, but his strengths are this. So that way I know when I walk into Josh's classroom, I can attack that conversation or build that relationship in a certain way. Definitely what, not. What, how, as an assistant principal, as a coach, as a leader, how do you handle different you know, opportunities to be working with teachers when they're not in their classrooms, when they're in a different role in the building in their own leadership capacities? Well, and I want to go back to what you were talking about before, because we do the same thing on our campus with our, our tech coaches. He is in the leadership meetings on our campus. So like, He's a part of those conversations just as much as our instructional coaches, our department heads, our team leads. Like we, we consider that a, a leadership position also. And so we want him to come to the table also. So I think, you know, what your district's having you do, you know, we're trying to mirror in our district also because we want that perspective. And then as far as seeing teachers in a different place, um, well, first off, I want to talk about you being a listener, because I think that's brilliant. I think anyone in a new leadership position for you to come to the table and raise your hand without actually assessing what's going on on your building or in your district would be downright foolish. So I love that you're doing that because I, I think that needs to be happening. Not to say that your experience and your expertise isn't valuable, but sometimes we need to figure out why the fence was being built before we knock that fence down. So. I think any leader, especially a new leader, it doesn't matter if you're new to a building, new to a district, you really need to understand what's going on first before you can really provide um, your own perspective. So um, kudos to you for that. And then what was the question again in regards to teachers? I mean, it's, it's the idea of, of 
how do you help teachers form their own leadership skills? I, mm. I, I love my building. My teachers yep. are fantastic. But I remember the first time we had our leadership meeting, everybody walked, you know, we did our introductions and a lot of them were, thank you for having me here. Thank you sure. for having me have a voice. But then they were waiting for the room to move. And, yeah. and I'm staring at the principal from across the room waiting for the room to move. Yeah. And it was this nice little chess game of trying to figure out where to move things. How can we as coaches, how can you as an assistant principal help our teachers become leaders in their buildings and in their own skins? For sure. So this is my favorite thing to do. This is why I started the podcast. This is why I wrote the book was because I wanted people to understand that they do have leadership skills and it's something that's valuable. And I also, and this is the first word in the Aspire model, which is activate and getting people to be comfortable with taking the first steps. You know, that's a, you know, what is your leadership mindset? And then also what are the leadership experiences that you need to be a part of to feel comfortable to be a leader? And so that's what I love to do is to open doors, right? So to ask people to join me in different meetings and different tasks and different experiences so that they get comfortable in the uncomfortable because there's so often that there's a lot of teachers that don't do much outside of their four walls. And what I like to do is to pull them out of that space and to see what's truly happening in the building. The next thing that you mentioned is the S, which is support. Yes. And as a, as a newbie to this building, I'm constantly reminding myself. And in fact, every time I have a scratch paper or I'm in these meetings, I just sit back, ask questions, then, yes. then contribute. You know, how does this feel? How does it make you feel? What did you think of this lesson? What would happen if? Why is supporting so important versus uh, vomiting all the information that you, that you feel that you know about the world to kind of say, Hey, look at me. Yeah. So support is the most important word. I think in the acronym without the leadership experience of, of mentors in my life, I, I would not be here with you today, Jeff. So I think finding someone that has done it before and learning and asking those important questions is so valuable. We don't know what we don't know. And so a lot of times we put our foot in our mouth or we make a decision that we shouldn't have made because we don't have the information and we didn't ask those important questions. So I think if you don't have that on your campus, if you can't find the person that's going to be the best support system for you, then you might need to look somewhere else. You might need to look at a neighboring school, a neighboring district, a neighboring leader in a state to make connections to, to find how to learn to be that leader that you want to be before you get to that spot. That's so important. Say that one more time, because I'm looking at this whole conversation from and, and we've known each other for a long time. In mm -hmm. my previous position, I was the coach yep. K-12 and now I'm one of seven. And that kind of goes with the P of persevere of, you know, you're going to need support. Yep. You know that there's going to be days that you're going to be winners. You know that there's days that are going to be, oh, my goodness. You can't go to your principal sometimes and yeah. say, this, this didn't work. Um, you hope you have those conversations. You hope you have that support at some point, but yes. you, you expect, you know, you can't, I, I can't walk into my principal and go, yeah, they beat me up today. That mm -hmm. doesn't always work. So support and persevere wrap that one up one more time. This is just so important, Josh. Yeah. So I think you make a great point as far as like the, the connection piece, right? We need to make sure that we have a community of people that are safe spaces for us because you're right. We're going to fail. We're going to fumble in our jobs and, and that's okay. As long as we work through that, persevere and find the correct solution. 
none of us want to fail. And in, in fact, most educators have an experienced failure in their life. It's something that is very uncomfortable for, for teachers and educators as a whole. So obviously as a construct, we need to make sure that we understand that failure is going to happen, but then we need to make sure that we have the support to help us pick ourselves up and find the correct solution. So when I said, if you don't have someone on your campus to do that, because I don't know about you, Jeff, but there's plenty of leaders that I've been under as far as being a teacher, being a coach, being an administrator that I haven't seen eye to eye or felt like they were a good support system. It wasn't someone that I was aspiring to become. So I needed to look somewhere else. And so I have gone and I have meant or been mentored by other people from other campuses where I shadowed them. I literally take days off, went to their campus, shadowed them because I knew that that experience was going to be better for me as a leader so that I had that support for the next day. And so I don't care who you need to find. You just need to get out there and find that support system. You need to find a network. You need to find a group of people that are going to pour into you so that you can become a better leader. I've often said that is the reason why I created the Ask the Podcast or Ask the Tech Coach Podcast. I needed to form a PLN for myself to create and here we are 160 episodes later. I think I might have found something. You're doing it, man. <laughs> One of the other things that I had my conversation with my principal on, we were talking about the leadership is I said, what is the role that you want from me? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to be there as the yes person? Do you want me to be there as the silent partner? Do you want me to be there as the when somebody has an idea, then you're going to look to me and go, Jeff, how do we do this? That's what comes to I identify. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of identifying your position, your role, your your reason for being here. Yeah, this was a big one for me because I fell into a trap. When I was a dean of students, I started to become what I thought other people wanted me to be versus who I was. And what happened was the value system that I have personally was being deconstructed and I started to become someone that I disliked very much. And so I think when you're in a leadership position, I think what you're saying is perfect is, yes, you do need to assess and understand what people want from you, but you also need to stick to your own values and and identity and not lose that in that position. Because what happens is that's when you get burnt out. That's when you dislike the role that you're in and and want to escape. And that's definitely where I was. And I needed to kind of redefine myself in that role and who I was going to be as an administrator Um, Although there were some really difficult things going on the campus, what I was doing was I was allowing others to speak into what I needed to do versus what I knew was going to be best for the student, for the teacher, and for myself. But how do you do that? I'm in a situation where previously in our building, um, they had a coach, but they really didn't have a coach doing the coaching job the way that our district is looking to move it forward in. They had what, you know, they had a previous version of coaches. Again, you know, tech coach, digital learning coach kind of a thing. Yeah. How, how do you handle things as a coach, even as an assistant principal, when I know the job, I've done the job, I'm here to do the job, but they're looking at you going, this is what we think the job is, or this is what we need. How do you come to a, 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 a compromise of those two different worlds? And, you know, how do, what happens when you need to hold that sword aloft and say, I am He-Man, here we go? <laughs> Well, I think you need to figure out what the outcome is. What is the expectation for the outcome? Because a lot of times if the outcome is being met, the strategies and solutions that are going to get you there can be dictated by those who are in that position. So that's what I I like to do. 
is I like to have those, those tough conversations about like, okay, if I get the same result, <laughs> may I do what I want to do to get there? Who do you have those conversations with as a, as an assistant principal, your world is the building as a coach, your world I'm generalizing is multiple classrooms. And look, I've got, you know, we all have our first followers. We have our yeah. laggards and we have everybody in between the bell curve. For you sure. are different things. I walk into a room going, what does this person, you know, where on Maslow's hierarchy do I need? I am not here to be tech support, but if somebody needs a Chrome extension and that's my way to start a conversation with somebody to get to that coaching spot, I'm going to do that as opposed to, I don't want my job to be Chrome extension boy. No. How do we have those conversations? When do we have those conversations? Or I'll throw one out here. Is it just setting the example and leading by example? I think it's both. I think what you're saying is you're trying to provide service so that you are building a relationship with that person. And I think early on in a role that is definitely needed, but I think as that it's kind of a slippery slope because if you don't create boundaries for your position, then it's hard to backtrack. It's similar to being a teacher to student management, right? If you come in and you are best friends with the students from day one, and then on let's say day 20, you start putting down rules and, and having it to uh, be a much more rigid environment for the students that is not going to go well. Whereas if you're establishing the rules with the students on day one, and you get a little lax as the school year goes on, that's, that's going to be better for the students. And it's similar to in the leadership position, you, you do need to at least establish some boundaries so that you aren't, like you said, being the errand boy for, yeah. <laughs> for these and, very and, and you see tasks. It so oftentimes, you know, mm -hmm. especially it's the beginning of the year. Somebody says, Hey Josh, can you fix my, can you do my, yeah. can you find, you know, do you have a cable for this? And you go, Oh yeah, I got a cable. Most coaches, because of the nature of who we are, we're here to please. We've got our tail wagging. We go, I'm going to do this for you. And over time, you realize the conversation is, I'll do this. Just know that this is an IT thing. And next time, I'll help you put that ticket in. But Definitely. while I'm doing this, hey, what are you doing on your smart board these days? And you got to figure out that conversation. And as you said, Definitely. it's so easy. Once you set those boundaries, it's hard to... Ma manipulate them. I think that's why a lot of tech coaches who are teachers and then become coaches in their building struggle because all the teachers are, you know, the, your friends, you've, you've spent time with them and now, now they're in a different position. Uh, yeah. Have you ever experienced that as a, as a principal? You, you were a oh principal, my goodness, yes. you are a teacher in the building and now you're the assistant principal and it's like, Oh my goodness. That, that's gotta be similar, but much harder because you're an authority and evaluator. Yeah, it was miserable, Jeff. I'll be honest. And I, I talk about a little bit about that in the book. Um, because thankfully I, you know, I was I was actually when I was moved to the Dean of Students from a teacher, I actually had to change campuses. So I think if I would have stayed on the campus, that would have been a very difficult thing because yes, they were my peers. So and I I went from just being an art teacher to then a coach and a leader on the campus and essentially a admin intern in a matter of months. So that, that escalation in position happened. So such in a short time that they didn't even have time to really digest the fact of who I was and what I was doing. And that was really, really tough. And I lost friendships over it. I'm just being very real with you is 
you know, there were a lot of friendships that broke down because of, okay, you're the enemy. Now you're on the dark side. You're a part of administration <laughs> and you're no, I can no longer have a like a real conversation with you, or I can't vent because I, I don't have trust anymore of where that information is going. Now that was unfounded and there's no reason for that. That was just the perception at the time, but um, yes, it was very difficult to, to change rules on campus, but that's natural. You know, I, sure. I, Josh is my good friend. My assistant principal, Josh is now my assistant principal, Josh, right? Yeah. One of the things that I did last year that I found didn't work was when I left school, when I got into my car, I put school away um, in my position. You know, my wife and I both work in the district. It's, it's easy to bring your work home. I've always oh said, as soon as I close that car door, I'm gone. This year, I'm doing things differently. I'm saying, mm -hmm. okay, when I drive home, I'm detoxing. Yes. You have the letter R, reflection. Mm -hmm. my, now, my rule with myself is when I open the car door and I get out into the house, then I turn myself off and I, I yeah. switch hats a little bit. So I'm giving myself that 40 minutes or whatever it is to reflect, to figure things out, to plan for tomorrow, to figure out what I need to do later. What is the value and why should we be having reflective time every single day? Well, first off, Jeff, that's a beautiful strategy that you use. And I think for mental health in general, I think that's so huge. Um, the reflection pieces, and this kind of hit me with a speaker asked the crowd, how, how much time do you spend a day reflecting on the decisions that you make? And this was for a room of administrators. And when I sat there, I started to feel guilty because I was thinking, and this was prior to the podcast, that I didn't really spend a whole lot of time reflecting. And, and why was that? Because obviously, as an educator no matter your role, you're making thousands of decisions a day and does not actually take some time and reflect on what was going on and the reasoning behind that. And if it was successful or not, that sounded like a terrible practice. And so for me, I wanted to do a better job of, of doing that. So obviously the podcast is a huge piece of that. The other is writing, you know, writing blogs, or obviously the book was a huge piece of reflection for me. So, um, drawing, sometimes I, I can't find the words that I need. So I am, you know, from my former art space, right. I need to just draw and kind of work through my mind what it is that I'm really, that's really bothering me. Right. And then the four, as far as the communication piece that comes with the community, right. That we talked about that support is finding a group that you can at least, you know, bounce some things off my admin team, you know, and some other folks, you know, in the Aspire Vox group and things like last year, especially with the pandemic, you know, we were doing, we were doing things, changing things on a dime every single day. And I needed people to bounce off of, of, is this what you're seeing on your campus? Is this what you're doing? And even though they may be five States away, they're still experiencing the same thing. I am people are people, <laughs> education, education. There, there might be some minor details. Like you said, you know, an instructional coach looks so different around the country, but for the most part, as far as the strategies and the ways that they're practicing, I can still gain quite a bit from them. And I'll be honest, I've adopted plenty of things where I've stolen from other administrators around the country because they found success in that. So why wouldn't I use that myself? And I wouldn't have done that without a reflection process. Talking today to Josh Stamper, author, assistant principal, great friend of TeacherCast and creator of all of our graphics. Um, <laughs> the book is called aspire to lead yeah. um going through all the different spots of this what do you hope somebody gets out of this book when they read it 
I hope that they see that they have an opportunity to make a great difference. And I say that because I feel like I've had a lot of failure in my life and I'm still able to hopefully inspire and, and make a difference in the lives of others. And I want other people to realize just the power that they possess. And no matter where they are, I've, I've heard so many times on my podcast, I'm, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a, and fill in the blank, right? Instructional coach, whatever. And they diminish what impact they have. And I want folks to understand that they have so much strength and ability to make a difference in so many people's lives. And so hopefully that comes across in the book with the stories that I provide in, in the Aspire model. But the, the main thing is I want them to make sure that they're creative every day, that they're passionate and they're able to persevere through hard times. You mentioned the word stories. And I want to bring that up because so many times right now, coaches are asking me, where do you find these stories? How do you get stories? How do you tell your stories? You happen to be in charge of or co-in charge of uh, an amazing group of podcasters that have come together on the Teach Better podcast network. Um, they're telling awesome stories. Talk to us a little bit about Teach Better, the Teach Better podcast network, and some of the shows that are on there that coaches can enjoy. Oh my goodness. We're up to 30 podcasts now. So, um, I feel bad if I forget anyone, but Jeff Bradbury, of course, is one of those amazing podcasters, um, on the network. And so if you go to teachbetter.com slash podcast, you'll find all 30 of those podcasts. And the, the idea behind the podcast network is I wanted a place for folks to go, regardless of where you are, whatever you're experiencing, and you can find something for you. And so, myself, like in my reflection, every single day when I'm driving to school, I'm putting on a podcast from that podcast network to find some sort of inspiration, or it might be just trying to learn about something. You know, if I'm struggling with, um, you know, a, a tech problem, or if maybe it's a, you know, how do I work with first year teachers in this situation? Or maybe it's a, I want to learn more about equity in schools, whatever that topic may be. I know I can always find it in the podcast network. And so um, I love the educators that we have on there because it is so vast and it's people around the country. It's not even in the United States, which is fantastic. Um, as far as the Teach Better team, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> we are providing service uh, all kinds of ways. We've got our speakers network. We've got the podcast network. Um, we're providing PD, um, you know, any, anything that you need as far as professional development, inspiration, I mean, there's networks, there's Facebook groups. I mean, talk about a community. If you need a community, find the Teach Better team. They will do wonders for you as far as connecting you with others um, that are within similar roles. Um, if you are looking for mentors, coaches, whatever it is that's, that you need in your life to be successful in education, the Teach Better team can do that for you. The hashtag to follow on that is TB Podcaster, or you can always follow hashtag Teach Better. If you're looking for great shows, you have things like Teacher Leader Podcast, Rethinking Learning Podcast with my good friend Barbara Bray. You've, of yes. course, got Ask the Tech Coach. You've got, uh, let's see, Small Bites Podcast, the Principal Leadership Lab, and, of course, one of my favorites, Teach Better Talk with our good friends Jeff and Ray. Lots of great stuff over there. You can find it out over on teachbetter.com forward slash podcast. And, you know, Josh, you know, I, I'm, I'm in this leadership program right now. I'm starting my journey for an EDD, something I never thought uh, that would even be a, a, a thing in my world, but I'm starting it and I'm starting to look at things a little bit differently. Yeah. And the last part here is that execution, right? Putting all these things together, you're doing it. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're 
you're activating it, you're finding support, you're pers persevering, you've got your identity, you're reflecting. But when it comes to executing it, that's where so many coaches stumble. Yeah. They're not sure what to do. They might not have the authority to do. They might find it easy to execute in one classroom, but not in 14 others because of, of a myriad of reasons. Talk to me about execution. Yeah. Why, how, what advice do you have? It's a, it's, it's, it is the biggie here. Actually doing what you're planning to do and doing sure. it as successful as possible. Yeah, I think so often, especially in education, we, we like to gather information. And so we gather all these different things on social media through, you know, our professional development. And then we talk to people about our plans, but then that execution piece just gets left by the wayside. And sometimes that's due to fear, due to, due to support. I mean, there's a lot of different variables there, but you know, in this piece, I wanted folks to understand, like you have done so much work already and you've learned so much and you have to take that next step and actually do something and not be afraid of failure, not be afraid to push back because regardless, it's going to happen in, especially when there's change, we all know in education, any sort of change, you're going to get pushback regardless of who who's in the building, even sometimes our best teachers and the ones that are the ones that are so passionate about new initiatives still sometimes will push back on, on change. And so we have to understand that and we have to at least start the action plan of what we've built and not be afraid, but then, you know, of course, learn through that experience of, you know, is there a way to make it better, you know, bring people to the table, but I wanted to give like actionable, step, actionable steps for folks to be able to execute after doing so much work on the back end. One of the things that comes up is training the trainers. And that's a position that I'm in as an assistant principal. I know it's a position yep. that yours in. Um, what advice do you have for anybody out there who's in that train the trainer world? I know we all call ourselves consultants. That's the big C word out there, but really there is an art to training coaches to do this type of thing without saying subscribe to my podcast. How do I help train those trainers out there so that way they can become successful in their departments? I think the main thing is not solving problems for them. I mean, learning, like teaching how to ask the appropriate questions to get the other person on the other side of the table to get to the solution on their own. I think it's so easy, especially because our time is so valuable as leaders it's just easier and quicker to solve the problem and to move them on. And it takes way more effort, way more time to sit there and to ask question after question to get that person to walk through the issue that they're having and find the solution that's going to be best for that department. And I think, you know, when you're training a trainer, you, you need definitely need to help them understand why it's valuable to go through that process. The book is called Aspire to Lead. The podcast is amazing. You can find all of his great stuff over on joshstamper.com. Josh, you've always been supportive of TeacherCast. That's why I love working with you. You're, if anybody out there is looking for podcast graphics, second to none, definitely check him out over there. You can find him on Twitter at Joshua underscore Stamper. Josh, last words here. What advice do you have for anybody who's starting that, that I'm a teacher and I want to move up or I'm a coach and I want to move up or I'm a guy with triplets who's in an EDD program? What <laughs> advice do you have for anybody who's looking at this, this difficult school year, doesn't yeah. know what's going on, sees so many different variables? What advice do you have any, for anybody who's listening to this today? 
Well, I think that's the big piece is a lot of people, they start to think about leadership. They say they want to become a leader and then they don't do anything about it. They have those conversations with the principal, with the team leader, and then they sit in their classroom and wonder why opportunities are not meeting them at the door. And what I'm really am charging anyone that's listening, if you are wanting to become a leader, you're going to have to step out. You're going to have to ask, knock on someone's door and say, Hey, I want opportunity. What are those opportunities that I may have to get that experience that I need to become a leader? And I think that's really a missing step. There's so many times as the years have gone on as a assistant principal that I've had people say, I want to become a leader. I want to do this. I'm in this program. And then I never see them again over the school year. <laughs> and then they wonder why didn't I get that next position that I, that I so wanted. And, and the big reason is for that is because even if you were brought to the table, you would be telling them what you would do versus this is what I have done in the building. That is so true. I can't say that enough. Sh show me what you have done. Show me what you are doing. Don't show me what you wish you could do. Um, LinkedIn is all about leadership. LinkedIn is about those projects that you're doing. LinkedIn yeah. is not about how many badges at this point, we kind of all have those badges. It's just a matter of what are those things that you can do to help move that needle. Josh, I want to say thank you so much. Um, what's the best place to get a hold of you? Yeah, so on social media, social media Joshua Double underscore Stamper, and then the website is joshstamper.com. Very nice. And guys, I want to say thank you for checking this out today. I hope you guys learned something today and are going to be pretend or not pretending, but being a leader in your building. Of course, you can find out more information about this and all of our shows over at askthetechcoach.com. This is episode number 160. And don't forget to head on over to askthetechcoach.com and check out our teacher cast tech coaches network and sign up today for free. Over 300 instructional coaches all coming together to help and support at each other. It is a great time and we are doing our twice monthly roundtable meetings where we're bringing out great guests, great topics, and we are here to support you guys and your programs each and every day. So on behalf of Josh and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.